Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington, and I'm joined by the Weldon Oki today with a very special guest. Super excited to be here, and we do have a special guest. This is somebody in my life who wears multiple hats, three of them being a business partner, mentor, and a friend. And he happens to be the owner of Blue Demon Welding Products and Weld Porn, and that would be Brian DePaul. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you here and honored that you would take the time out of your day. I know you're busy. <laughs> I Heck, I rarely get to talk to you. But uh, I wanted to get it started by asking you if you could give us a little history on your companies, if you wanted to touch on both and kind of where it started and how you've been able to grow it at the rate that you've been able to. Sure. All right. Just to be totally correct, the name of the company the parent company, anyway, is Welding Material Sales, and we've been around since 1978. Uh, Blue Demon is our house brand, which is about 20 to 25 percent of our total business, but the other 75 percent is private label. We're essentially a manufacturer and packager of filler metals, mostly, and we do a lot of private label for a lot of other uh, manufacturers, OEMs, distributors, wholesalers, and all different distribution channels. Anywhere you'd ever find welding in a retail environment, whether it be the hardware aftermarket or automotive aftermarket, obviously you have e-commerce, you got farm aftermarket, industrial, your traditional welding channel, all the above. If there's a, some retail packaged filler metals, uh, there's a good chance some or all of it is coming out of our factory. So we started in 1978. My dad actually started the business back then, so that's 44 years ago. So I'm second generation, grew up in the business, took it over after I graduated college in 95, and my dad pretty much gave me the reins to do what I wanted to do. It was never really part of the plan growing up, but it seemed to work out for both of us. Never really disagreed on a business decision, so it's been a really a wonderful journey from the beginning until now. But welding material sales, we started, like I said, in 1978. My dad started it, and he was his background was in um, maintenance and uh, hard-facing alloys with the McKay Group is where he got his formal training. They're still known today as to being you know, the, the best hard-facing products out there, or a lot of the old-timers believe that anyway. That's where his formal training was, and then, uh, let's see, in the probably in the mid 80s when this is before the majors here even had small like four inch spools of welding wire. The Italians were importing machines into the USA and they had these little four inch spools of solid wire. And uh, my dad, at that, at that time, he saw this coming in and his first two customers at the time, one was uh, Lincoln Electric. Uh, everybody knows who Lincoln Electric is. And the other one was uh, Thermacoat Weldco at the time. And uh, he saw these spools coming into the country, and no one was really geared up here to produce those spools for the USA market. So he went to Lincoln Electric and pretty much, you know, said, I'm willing to gear up and do this if you're willing to support me. So that's kind of how we got into the spooling business. All the way back then, Lincoln Electric, like I said, was our first customer and still do some work with them up till this day. Not as much as we used to do. That all changed actually after 9-11 and they brought a lot of this stuff in-house. But, uh, you know, we would, uh, they would send us their, their wire to be spooled onto small spools, their L56 wire, and that would go back out into the market. And that's really where it all started. And then my dad kind of catapulted on that and started spooling all sorts of different products from 4-inch spools, 8-inch spools, 12-inch spools, all different grades of wire, carbon steels, tubular wires, all your tubular wires of stainless steel, mild steel. And then solid wire, aluminum, stainless, copper, nickel, you name it. And then when I came on board, I kind of, I grew up in the business, obviously. I uh, spent all my summers here in college, even in high school. I worked quite a bit and uh, even through college. I think the only time I didn't work was my very first semester. So coming out of college, I had been here longer than anybody. And 
really, it wasn't planned, but uh, when I graduated, my dad kind of needed me in the plant and that's where I went. And, you know, the rest is history. When I came in, it was when we became a little bit more multinational with the sourcing and we expanded our product line to stick electrodes and cut length products for gas and TIG welding. And that's when we started to source all of our raw materials from around the world rather than just domestically. To this day though, we still source about 50% of all of our raw materials here in the USA. Uh, the other 50% come you know, from various countries around the world, everybody that has kind of specialized in certain alloys. There's only so many wire mills in the world. Everything is actually created at a steel mill and then a wire mill draws it down and then you take it and convert it from there. You can draw it down more, you can straighten it, you can cut it, you can spool it, all different things you can do, but there's, there's just not that many wire mills around the world. So we're all forced to deal with the ones that do it best, I guess, you know? Um, and unfortunately, all those don't, do not exist in the United States. You have to source from wire mills around the world. Um, you know, so. Where's the biggest source for you guys? for that um like where are those located yeah you know it really just depends on the on the actual product i mean a lot of your steel wire which is the most common that you guys that most people out there are familiar with your 70s6 mig wire a ton of mills in china obviously they're in india they're in vietnam the only ones here in the u.s are the ones that people are aware of the uh hobarts and lincoln's of the world ESOP, you know as far as sizable ones a couple in north america a couple in canada but you know that being the largest volume you have to have sources around the world when you get down to like copper, I mean, I don't, there's just not a lot of copper wire mills around. And these are the same wire mills that don't just make welding wire. They make industrial wire. So a stainless steel or a copper wire mill, they don't just make welding grade wires. They make wires that are used for nails and any other wire form you can think of out there, screens, you know, anything. Welding is not a massive part of their business makeup either. You know, it's actually a pretty small part when you consider the base metals as, as a whole. So yeah, it's a good question. I mean, they're, there's, they're kind of scattered all over. Aluminum is kind of sparse. There's only, I think, three wire mills, three or four wire mills in all of North America for aluminum. Uh, most of the copper comes from China. Stainless, you can find a little bit here in the U.S., some in Canada, Switzerland, Italy, and India is pretty much it. I might be missing a couple in there, but... It's all over. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah it, 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 it is all over, but it's uh, with the size of the industry, it does, it's not as much as you might think. Yeah. So therefore, we just try to have long-lasting, stable, and consistent relationships with our suppliers. So we, we really try to stand by the model, what's in the box today is what's in the box tomorrow, because uh, welders can be finicky, we'll say, and they notice any sort of change. You know, you have your machine set up for whatever your settings are, and all of a sudden, you put in a new roll of wire, and it runs a little differently. That can be frustrating. Oh, yeah. So uh, we, we really, when we find a good partner to partner up with that can make our product to our specification, you know, we stick with them. I don't, I really don't think we have a relationship with one of our suppliers, one of our wire mills that's less than probably 18 to 20 years. Dang. That's all. That's all. That's all. And we take it very seriously. We have secondary approved suppliers if we need them, especially during COVID and stuff like that. But yeah, we've done, it's, it's worked well for us by, you know, keeping those long-term relationships. Well, and you said you took over for your dad. Mm -hmm. When did the name Blue Demon come along as well? Yeah. So up until I came into the business, we only did private label. Private label, and if you didn't have a private label brand, we gave you generic. It was literally a label that went out the door with the AWS specification in class. And then we had some customers, I believe at the time it was McMaster Car. I'm sure most people are familiar with that company, with the catalog that's like five inches thick. They came to us and said, we want to buy from you, but we need a brand. We don't want something generic. So uh, at that time, I think I was still in college, maybe my last year, my dad, you know, just ran it past me. And kind of the story on that is my last name is DePaul. And if you're not from the Chicago area back then, there is a DePaul University. And uh, the mascot for DePaul University is the Blue Demons. 
So, so when he came to me to come up with a product or a brand, that was just, that kind of made sense to me. I said, this will, if we do Blue Demon welding products, it kind of links it to the ownership of the company. I didn't think at that time, you know, it would get very big, but I wanted to come up with something. And that's how the name DePaul Blue Demons came about. So the Blue Demon welding products, just to link it to the owners of the company. And then uh, I had three or four college buddies that either were in graphic arts themselves, or they had a brother or something that was in graphic arts. And I remember I told them all about it and I said, I, I need a logo. All of you can uh, submit a logo to me and whichever one I pick, the winner gets 200 bucks. Boom. <laughs> I, I totally remember back then, but that, that seemed like a good amount of money to me back then in 95. Oh, yeah. Just draw up a little figure, right? I mean, in college, 200 bucks goes a long way, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So that's where it started. And we think we started using the brand itself around 95, 96. And we registered it in 98 or 99, something like that in that timeline. That's awesome. I had a feeling that was the reason because I was searching a whole bunch of stuff before this and I kept pulling up the basketball team. And I was like, I bet I, I bet this has something to do with it. Honestly, it's, it's pretty crazy hearing you talk about it because I had no idea how much was incorporated into making wire so i mean and that's just one of the many small things that you do so that yeah that's that's pretty cool to hear about one of the things that's always kind of stuck with me about blue demon is something where they stand alone you're not afraid to push the envelope on products as far as innovation and ingenuity and just trying new things, it just seems like you're always at the forefront and just kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to coming out with new products and trying different things. Can you explain kind of your thought process behind what has led you down that as far as being able to kind of see things that we need in this industry before they're made? Yeah, how do you tell the future? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Man, I can't give up my crystal ball. <laughs> we actually have been dealing with distribution. We still only deal with distribution. We don't sell direct to the consumer. So that has been, you know, the part of our success, but also not part of our demise, but that's also kept us from talking to the people actually using our products. Social media completely broke that barrier down so that we can talk directly with the people using our products. And that truly is the magic. You just have to listen to the people using the products. You know, the first 20 years of my career, the only people I got to talk to were distributors from any retail channel. And a lot of those retail channels, these are people just buyers that are buying part numbers and pushing them through their system. They have no idea about welding. It's just moving inventory. It's just a distribution company. When you even speak to people that are in the traditional welding channel, they're dealing with their customers that are, you know, using the product, but that doesn't always make itself back up to us because that's not really their job either. You know, your typical gases and welding industrial gas supplier you know, their job, again, is to take care of their customer. It's not really to communicate back up to the supply chain to say what they want. So social media, I mean, I, I think that easily is our biggest secret to success because what it did with, and me personally anyway, I am the owner of the company, but I manage all the social media just because I could. You know, I just kind of fell in love with it from the beginning. I liked talking with people that use the products. It just gave me this visibility to what I had never seen before. Before, I was guessing just trying to figure it out. And now when you actually talk to people using the products, people share their ideas. They know what works, what doesn't work. And like I said, I jumped in, I think in 2015 and right off the get-go, just paying attention and supporting the community, following people's progress and their welds and following Instagram, how it started as pictures and then 15 second videos, then longer videos and now reels and IGTV mixed in there. You know, if you pay attention, you pick up a lot and then you meet friends. You know, we have made so many friends around the country 
that are all in the trade of welding, whether it be, I'm sure you guys will ask about the blue cruise. I'll talk about that later, but that's really the secret of my success is just to listen. That's all you have to do is listen to your customers, listen to the people using the products and they're going to share what works for them and what does, what doesn't work for them. And as long as you listen, you know, what works for somebody doesn't necessarily work for for everybody. But to like Garrett's point is that I'm not willing, I'm, I am willing to pretty much try anything. If you can convince me that you think it's going to be something that people need or want, I'm in the position because I own the company where I can take that risk without having to get it approved by anybody else. It's on me and that's fine. You're not going to get a home run every time. If I get a few singles here and there, that's great. And if you you know, stumble across a real winner, then that's huge. But you're never going to know unless you try. Well, and that's what I think makes you so different than most welding companies is that if you think about like the big Big welding companies, like you don't really see a personality behind it. Not to throw anybody under the bus, but if you connect with people on a personal level in a way that it's not just like trying to sell you something, it's just like, hey, this is something I'm making. How can I make it better? You don't see that yeah. from anywhere else. And it's like you have your very own focus group just in the palm of your hand, you know? Yeah, that's all. No, you're absolutely right because that is exactly what I have is a focus group. And I appreciate you noticing that. I just try to. It is, it is me behind the, the camera and it's me asking the question and it's me posting comments that are sarcastic or even on the edge or even, you know, vulgar with swear words because I can do it. I can get away with it. It doesn't really matter. It's my business. So I can, I can run it that way, the way I see fit. And the bigger companies, most of them, as far as I know, you know, they hire marketing companies to do it for them and there's rules and thresholds and uh, they can't just have the liberty to do whatever they want. They got to stay within a, with, within the guidelines. Whereas I haven't, I haven't had to do that. And, uh, Hopefully I can continue to do so because it has been, it's been a really fun ride so far. Weld porn. I know it was a big secret for a long time. I didn't know if it was still a secret. <laughs> I've been keeping oh, my lips shut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that it was a secret. It just wasn't something that we wanted to, we didn't want to dilute the two together. Yeah. Because they are, you know, separate freestanding brands. Both developed completely different. I feel like we have uh, somewhat of a different audience. There is a lot of overlap, obviously, but uh, just two different brands that we wanted to each grow organically in separate ways. Because Weld Porn really does drill directly with the the consumer, and Blue Demon is only sold through distribution. So there is a very you know definitive line there, and uh, it hasn't been 100% mine until you know recently in the last year anyway. So I've, I had a business partner, which a lot of people know, the Originator. An original founder of Weldporn, his name is uh, Marcus from down in Australia, and he's one of the OGs that have been on Facebook and uh, Instagram since the beginning. I think since 2013 was when it was actually created. And then uh, I met Marcus in 2015, and we kind of partnered up. And my reason for getting a hold of him was purely to produce Weldporn branded filler metals, because that's what we do. I said, what better to create Weldporn than with Weldporn filler? Yeah, and uh, he liked the idea, and I found out he was his headquarters was in Australia, but most of his business uh, at the time was in the USA, so he could really use a business partner here. That's really where it evolved from. And then over time, you know, we had a I, we had a very strong relationship and a very growing organization. And I asked if I could buy into half the company, and he said yes. We did that, and then a couple of years later, he kind of wanted to do his own thing in Australia, and I said, well, I'll buy the other half of me, and here we are. Not, uh, not not terribly complicated, but uh, that is the real quick history of it. Oh, that's awesome. Being lucky enough and fortunate enough to be a member of Blue Crew myself, I've often wondered what made you decide to bring a group of influencers and creators together and what was your reasoning behind it? And that just so happens to be they are a group of people who I, I think it's, it's probably the best crew on the planet. And I just, I would really like for you to expand on why you thought the need for that was there. Another easy question. Thank you for throwing them up easy. 
I will. I, I agree with Garrett. Obviously, we have biased opinions because, uh, you know, I am Blue Demon and he's part of the Blue Crew. But uh, I know I get compliments or maybe not maybe not compliments. I get jabs from other manufacturers in a very fun way. Uh, when I go to trade shows, I get a lot of other manufacturers and presences that, on social media that kind of say, well, we really want to do an ambassador group, but you already have all the cool ones. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, I know that a lot of other people feel the way Garrett does, and that makes me very happy. Uh, it is a great, great group of people. I can't speak highly enough of our crew. To answer your question, I believe it started in 2018 is when I first started the Blue Crew. And I wanted to be a mutually beneficial group of people to support each other and Blue Demon. I didn't want it to all just be about Blue Demon. To this day, I don't. I mean, you'll see a lot of our Blue Crew, they have other arrangements and relationships with other manufacturers. As long as they're not promoting other filler metal, that's fine with me. And all of them are upfront and honest with me. Hey, this other manufacturer approached me. Do you mind if I work with them? Absolutely. As long as it's not, you know, a conflict of interest, then I'm totally fine with it. And when I did put the group together, my thought behind it was it wasn't just to get a bunch of the same thing, I guess. If, if you notice, if you look at the Blue Crew, we have a very, very diverse people within the welding community. People have changed their jobs over the years and come back and forth and maybe even stuck it out. But you'll see that I, I, I kind of wanted to dip into all the different aspects of welding. We have welders and we have structural welders and we have people that weld copper we have people that weld aluminum we have a lot of metal artists we have people that are both metal artists and fabricators we have uh, lulu with jugs welding caps we have a cap maker you know she's not a welder by trade well she is now she's actually educated and schooled and and does it now on the side but her primary gig at the time was welding caps um pipe welders we got mig welders we got tig welders we got we got a little of everything which is which is what i wanted because that's because blue demon truly filler metals encompass all processes of welding. So I wanted to make sure we had a presence in all of them. And so far it's, it's uh, really worked. We've had some hiccups over the years with some people that might've not worked out and kind of backfired on us. But at the end of the day, present day, our crew is really, really as strong as it's ever been. And I'm honored and flattered that I get messages all the time about wanting to be on the blue crew, which is great, but it's a really hard question to respond to because it's really hard letting people down. That's probably the hardest part of my job is when somebody asks if they could be part of the crew and you really want to say yes, but there's just only so many people you can have in there. There's only so many marketing dollars to be put towards that. And it is a very special, uh, very tight knit group family. And Garrett can even attest to this. I don't, no one comes in the blue crew without being like, vetted and having everybody else approve on it because I want to make sure that there's no conflict of interest with anybody at, at any level. So that's awesome. It's good. It's, it's really just something that, that I highly stress with everybody that we promote each other. It's not just about blue demon. We engage on all of our fellow blue crew posts. Uh, we share each other's work. It's all about promoting each other, not just, you know, any one individual or one, one individual brand. It's worked out well. Well, and that's another big thing I've noticed about Blue Demon in general is that it is very community based and as far as like developing products with welders out there what's the craziest product that you've been pitched ooh craziest failure or success either one like what's the <laughs> like someone came in and, and you're just like I have no idea how to make that happen but I'm interested oh, I'm not even sure if I can be able to come up with one of those because I get I get pitched a lot of products that don't make sense to me because I'm not a welder by trade okay I mean, I've been surrounded by it for 25 years, so I'm very familiar with all the processes and I've probably seen more of it than most people in their lifetime. So uh, I can execute most anything, but I don't do it on a daily, so it's not just not relative to me. Craziest. I don't know. There, ha there, hasn't, there hasn't been that many crazy ideas. They've all been actually pretty good, some better than others. 
I can't I can't think of like a really bad one. They were all they're all good. They all had merit, just obviously some better than others. What's your favorite product that you've put out that was like custom with somebody? Like that meant the most to you so far? Present day, and this is no BS. I mean, it's obviously it's the game changer gloves. They've been the most successful product launch we've ever had. I don't want to jinx it, and I'm going to keep knocking on wood, but we launched those what Garrett in like February, something like that. Maybe the end of February or beginning of February. Yes, sir. I don't have a single documented case of somebody like hating on the product. Everybody loves it. Everybody that's tried this product has said that you know it's the best glove they've ever had. And like I said, I'm going to keep knocking on wood because I don't I don't want that to change. And I'm sure it can't last forever. But hell, you know it's uh it's it's been a great ride so far. It was uh, two great minds put something great together, and so far it's just been great. And we've had welding gloves for maybe six to eight years, but we've always just been a me too. We've had the same gloves as a Tillman, Revco, Steiner, Cayman, Westchester, uh, but those brands have all been around forever. And we don't nearly have the breadth of styles that they have, but we tried to penetrate that market through our traditional welding channel distributors and uh, just can't get them to bite. And I get it. I get it because if you walk into a welding distributor anywhere in the country, one of the first things you see is a wall of gloves. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you're talking to a buyer there, they're like, why the hell do I want another pair of gloves? (laughs) So I totally get it. So we've really struggled with, you know, just having any success in that. We like it because it's a consumable. It's kind of up our alley. We try to focus on products that are consumables because everything, filler metals are a logistics nightmare because you're just literally shipping steel around the country. It's very expensive. So if anything you can add on those shipments to your dealers, you know, is better. It makes it easier for them to get to their prepaid freight and it's just better for, you know, your whole business relationship. Anyway, finally, these game changers, I think, are finally going to put us on the map. I mean, we are finally being recognized. Dealers are coming to us. You know, I've heard about these or some guy came in off the street, wants to know if we can get them for him. Can I buy them from you? That's been uh, hands down the best collaborative effort of as far as a collaborative product that's new to the market that we brought, you know, together is the one that I did with uh, the Weld Nokia here, Garrett. And it's been great so far. Hopefully it'll last for a long, long time. From being new in the industry, I see things through different eyes, I feel, than people that have been in it for a long time. Yeah. So, Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a very, very fresh perspective when it comes to everything because everything was new. You know, the thing that really turned me on to you was when you did the zombie glove. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, I, I thought that was so perfect because I blew up so many gloves and I was just like, finally, finally, somebody gets it, you know? That's definitely a model or a style that we are going to keep. We kind of want to be known for specialty PPE and not just your standard everyday gloves. You know, that's just not our niche. We don't have the volume or the resources to, to be a, someone as big as someone like a Tillman. They've done a phenomenal job, them and their and their other brands out there, on really penetrating the welding industry for a long time. It's just too hard to bring them down, and not, that's never what we'd want to do. But if you bring out something different that no one else has, then, you know, then your dealers have no choice but to buy it from you. You know, that's a win-win-win for everybody. If that's what the welders want at the end of the day, and it's you're providing something that they want, that's the magic of making it happen. If I were to want to purchase some Blue Demon products and I didn't have, you know, um, let's say my local air gas or gas supplier didn't carry that, what would be the best way to be able to find the products that I want to buy? Uh, I mean, we have a lot of partners online. Like most people, we have a link tree on our profile page on Instagram with all of your, or at least of a, a lot of uh, online buying resources. And then all of, and we have a dealer locator as well. But hey, we are we are actually a approved vendor for Airgas and Lindy Praxair and Matheson, some of the big the big chains out there, and pretty much every independent out there. We have a relationship with almost every single independent in the country. So if you don't see Blue Demon on the shelf and you want it, you know you'd be helping us out a ton if you just ask for it. 
because it puts them in a situation where they want to, you know, bring it in for the customer. And it, with, that's actually been that way for the last five years. We've opened up a lot of doors because our fans on social media will go into their local supplier and, you know, pretty much demand Blue Demon. So then they call us and get set up. And it, that's truly the, the biggest payback, I think, from this or the biggest mark of flattery or is when a dealer calls us because one of our fans on social media came in the store and asked for it by name. And that's uh, that's that's not really common in, in the welding industry. You know, my my first 20 years in this industry, I don't think I've ever had anybody call and get set up with us. It's always the other way around. You're trying to get set up with retailers. They're not calling you to get set up because there's just, you know, there's that many other brands and competition out there. So that's been that's been good. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's awesome. That lets me know. Actually, it just uh, further puts a stamp on what I already knew is that you're doing something right. With that being said, I want to introduce something that I'm going to be doing every time I'm on here at the end of a podcast. We're going to call it Oki's Rapid Fire Questions. It may be off the wall. It may be completely random, but I want raw, quick responses. So, you ready? Yep. Top three favorite products that you've made, regardless of how well they've performed. For sure, the Game Changer gloves, our Pano helmet, and our rod storage tubes for taking gas rod. Favorite thing to do when you're not working? Dolphin. I think I knew that one. Other than Last family, week. of course. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah, you got to get that one in there. <laughs> I almost <laughs> got you in trouble, and I didn't even mean to. Um, and finally, three artists that you're listening to right now, music-wise. Uh, Jack Johnson, Fleetwood Mac, and Metallica. That is That's quite a mix. <laughs> yeah. Got That's banana pancakes combo. one day. Uh, yep. Well, brother, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here, and thank you for taking the time out of your day. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed just kind of getting to know more and more about the company. The thing that's cool about the podcast is you get a behind-the-scenes look into what someone actually thinks about their company instead of just what you can see off the branding. And as far as branding, y'all are on point with making a company that people want to work with. So I, I'm happy you. you happy you came on as well. Hey, just a shout out, anybody that's going to Fabtech, obviously we'd love to see you there. I'll be there the whole week, along with a lot of the Blue Crew. And uh, on Tuesday night, we'll have a party at the Hard Rock Cafe at the Velvet Underground, along with seven other companies. It's an eight-company co-host, you know, free-for-all. Everyone's invited that's coming to Fabtech. So if you're going to Fabtech in Atlanta in November, make sure you uh, come by the party and come by the booth. Well, I might have to pop out there just for that party now. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, <laughs> World.com can pay for all your tickets and hotel and meals and everything. Oh, well, we'll pass it by. We'll pass it by. <laughs> well, you have well, a great rest of your day, and I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks again. All right. Likewise. Enjoyed being here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. Make sure you head on over and check out that new Weld app that Weld.com just put out and get connected to welders all across the globe. Until next time, we'll see you out there.